I want to take as my text this morning our first reading from 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 through 14. In fact, I've just a couple more verses than was read this morning. Uh, 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 through 14. And I'd like to read that again just so that it's fresh in our minds. 2 Kings chapter 2, and beginning at verse 1, in which we read, and now when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven and by a, by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, please stay here for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha, his protege, said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. And so they went down to Bethel. And the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from, you, from, from over you? And he said, Yes, I know it. Keep quiet. And Elijah said to Elisha, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. And so they came to Jericho. And the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord today will take away your master from over you? And he answered, Yes, I know it. Keep quiet. And then Elijah said to him, Please stay here, Elisha, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. And so the two of them went on. Fifty men of the sons of the prophets also went and stood at some distance from them as they were both standing by the Jordan River. And then Elijah took his cloak and rolled it up and struck the water. And the water was parted to the one side and to the other till the two of them could go over on dry ground. And when they crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I'm taken from you. And Elisha said, Please let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. And Elijah said, You've asked a hard thing. And yet if you see me as I'm being taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if you do not see me, it shall not be so. And as they, were, as they still went on and talked, Behold, chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah went up in a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it. And he cried out, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw Elijah no more. And then he took hold of his own clothes and he tore them in two pieces. And then he took up the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. And then he took the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water saying, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And when he had struck the water, the water parted to the one side and to the other. And Elijah went over on dry ground. I titled my talk this morning, Called and Enabled. 
called and enabled. A popular author and Christian conference speaker, Christine Kane, said something poignant uh, in an article of hers that I read some time ago in Bible Study magazine. Uh, Christine said, um, whatever God is calling you to do, God is enabling you to do. <laughs> I love that. Whatever God is calling you to do, God is enabling you to do. And that was certainly true for Elisha, Elijah's protege. And we'll have a little bit more to say about that in the moment. Uh, but it's also true for you. Indeed, uh, God is calling you uh, even now, as he's always calling in moments like this, uh, to walk in his ways, to follow his son and the power of the Holy Spirit, to be a citizen, a real citizen of his kingdom, even as all of us wait for that kingdom yet to come. To experience God's joy, joy unspeakable, as Peter described it, joy unspeakable and full of glory. And Elisha was called. In fact, this text that we've read this morning and that we're considering this morning, it, uh, it, it, it describes uh, Elijah and Elisha uh, at the end of their ministry together. But years earlier, Elijah called Elisha. In fact, we, we have uh, a recording of that uh, calling in 1 Kings uh, chapter 19, beginning at verse 19, in which we read this. And Elijah found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing. He was a farmer who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen in front of him. And he was with the 12th. And Elijah passed by and cast his cloak on him, his mantle, as it's called traditionally. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah. Seems like uh, uh, Elijah uh, ran by and, and Elisha had to run to catch up with him. Uh, and he left, that is, Elisha left the oxen and he ran after Elijah and he, and he said, let me kiss my father and my mother and then I will follow you. And Elijah said to Elisha, go back again. What have I done to you? And he returned and he uh, from following him and he took the yoke of oxen and sacrificed them and boiled their flesh with the, the yokes of the oxen, that is the wood. And he gave it to the people and they all ate. And then he arose and he went after Elijah and became his assistant. Now this is Elijah, the famous ninth century BC prophet who ministered in the Northern Kingdom of Israel during the reign of Ahab and his son Ahaziah. Elijah's, uh, the name Elijah means Yahweh is my God, which is really significant given the fact that almost all of the northern kingdom of Israel was steeped in paganism and in the worship of false gods. And so Elijah's very name was that Yahweh, the true God, is my God, not these idols that you serve. And Elijah was a powerful voice, speaking truth to power. Indeed, notwithstanding his living in the desert and his rough clothes and his simple food, he had significant interaction with the rich and the powerful, in particular with wicked King Ahab and his family and his courtiers, uh, not least of which uh, his wife, Jezebel. 
Ahab called Elijah a troublemaker, which is always what the wicked call the righteous, especially when the righteous refuse to keep silent. And Elijah, like John the Baptist, many years after him, uh, did a lot of talking. And it was this Elijah who called Elisha uh, to be his assistant and to become his protege. And so Elisha was called. And God is calling you too, even now. And God is enabling you and enabling me, at least if we want to be enabled, uh, to move beyond being just listeners to what God says, to actually become doers of what God says. And for sure, Elisha was enabled. Elijah was his mentor. Indeed, uh, Elijah not only lived faithfully and as a, as a servant to Elisha, Elijah taught Elisha how to be faithful. Uh, he was Elisha's mentor, teaching him everything that he knew and giving him everything that he had. And on the day that uh, Elisha literally became Elijah's true successor, Elisha received a double portion of the great prophet's spirit, of Elijah's spirit, as we read even in our own text, beginning at verse 1. And when the Lord was about to take Elijah up into heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. So they left Gilgal, uh, and they're on a journey. In fact, as one looks at the text, it seems that uh, Elijah, before he was to be taken up, and he knew that he was going to be taken up. It seems that Elisha knew that he was going to be taken up. And even the sons of the prophets seemed to know that he was going to be taken up. But, but Elijah wanted to visit these prophetic communities uh, where certain prophets, like himself, lived. And then we pick it up at um, verse 2. And, and Elijah said to Elisha, please stay here. Stay here in Gilgal, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. It was approximately eight miles away. But notice what Elisha said. In fact, he says it several times. But Elisha said to him, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. I will not leave your side. <laughs> You're my master. I'm your protege. I will not leave your side. And now that I know that you're going, I'm here with you. And so the text says they went down together to Bethel. And then the sons of the prophets, this prophetic members of this prophetic community that Elijah was so keen to visit, they went to Elisha and they said, do you know that the, today the Lord will take away your master from you? And he said, yes, I know. And then he said, be quiet. And seemingly, Elisha didn't uh, want to talk about it, uh, either because he was sad that he was soon to be parted with his mentor and his spiritual director, Elijah, or, or perhaps because he was maybe a little anxious because he knew that uh, when Elijah left, he would become his successor. And then in verse 4, it says, and, and Elijah said to, to, to Elisha, Elisha, please stay here in Bethel, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho, which is approximately 14 miles away. 
But Elisha said to him, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. And so they both came to Jericho. And the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from over you? And he answered, yes, I know it. Keep quiet. And then Elijah said to Elisha, please stay here in Jericho, Elisha. For the Lord has sent me to the Jordan River, which is approximately five miles away to the east. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. And so the two men went on. Fifty men of the sons of the prophets from Jericho, presumably, uh, to, to maybe see what was going to happen next. They also went and stood at some distance from Elijah and Elisha. They were standing on the banks of the Jordan River, Elijah and Elisha, and Elijah took his cloak, the one that he had many years ago thrown over the shoulders of Elisha as a sign that he was calling him to follow him. He took his cloak and he rolled it up and he struck the waters of the Jordan River and the water was parted to one side and to the other until the both of them could cross it on dry ground. And verse 9, and when they crossed over, Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I shall do for you before I'm taken from you. He might have asked lots of things, but notice what he asked. And Elisha said, please let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. A double portion of your spirit on me. Now, it may have been that Elisha was using what we might call inheritance language, uh, uh, meaning um, uh, because of the double portion, let me be your heir. Indeed, uh, according to Mosaic law, the oldest son of a, of a, of a man, uh, when his estate was uh, to be inherited, uh, the oldest son was to receive a, a double portion of the father's estate. Uh, of course, Elijah <laughs> didn't own anything. Uh, but he was full of the spirit. Uh, and so when Elisha said, give me a double portion of your spirit, he wasn't asking Elijah to give him something that he didn't have. He was absolutely asking Elijah to give him something that he did have. In which case, perhaps Elisha was saying, let me be your heir. Give me a double portion of what you do have. Give me a double portion of your spirit and let me be your successor as you leave as you go to be with god or perhaps what elisha was saying uh was as your successor <laughs> i couldn't possibly do what i have watched you do all these years without a double portion of your spirit and so if you're leaving and i'm to be your successor that's what i want that's what i need a double portion of your spirit Whatever the case, whatever it is that Elisha meant exactly, Elijah replied in verse 10, well, you've asked a hard thing, but if you see me when I'm taken from you, then you shall have what you ask. And But if you don't see me when I go, you, sh you shall not have what you ask. And then notice, as they went along, as they were talking, as they were in conference, if you like, as they were talking about the sorts of things that they always did talk about. And 
we might say, and as as Elijah was mentoring Elisha and ministering to him, behold, chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two, came right between them and separated them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and he cried out, my father, my father, my, my spiritual father, my director, my mentor, my teacher. <laughs> and then uh, 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 it says that the, 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 he, he said, the, the chariots of Israel and, and its horsemen. And then he saw Elijah no more. And then we're told that uh, Elisha took hold of his own clothes and he tore them, his, his own, what we would call his shirt, a Middle Eastern expression of, of, of extreme grief. And then in verse 13, it says, and then he took up the cloak of Elijah, which it had fallen from his body as he was being taken up. And he went back and he stood on the bank of the Jordan River. And then he took the cloak of Elijah and wound it up as he had seen his mentor do on the other side of the river. And he struck the water as Elijah had done on the other side. And he said, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And when he struck the water, the water was parted to one side and to the other. And Elisha walked across on dry ground. And so Elisha got that double portion of Elijah's spirit. One thing's for sure, Elisha knew what he wanted. And it seems obvious that he was determined to get it. No, I will not leave you. No, I will not leave you. No, I will not leave you. Indeed, he wanted the power that he had seen on display in Elijah's life. He, he wanted divine enablement. And he got it. It made me think of something that a former professor of mine, Ramesh Richard, once said, he says, you bring your resolve and God will bring his resources. You bring your determination, your resolve, and God will bring his resources. Which made me think of something else that someone else said. And, and that was, if God gave you everything that you're asking him for, what would you have? If God gave you everything that you're asking him for, what would you have? And sadly, for many of us, the answer to that question may very well be not much because we're not asking God for much. But if Elisha is anything like what we might call a, a test case for determining who they are that receive divine enablement, those who receive divine enablement are, 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 are those who really want it and who won't stop until they get it. And so how about you? <laughs> Do you really want it? Calling and enablement. Let us pray. Lord, this, you say in the scriptures that we bring nothing into this world, we take nothing out. And yet it seems that we spend most of our time focusing on those things that 
we didn't bring into the world and we can't take out of it. But these other things, Lord, that we can experience now and take with us even into the next life, this divine enablement, the, the spirit, the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, faith, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. These are gifts that come from you, not wanted by many people, but perhaps the, indeed the greatest of gifts, even whether they're valued or not. I think Elisha knew, <laughs> hanging around Elijah, even though Elijah was poorly dressed, his food was simple. He lived in the deserts, and yet he was full of your spirit. And when it came to that question, and Elisha, what shall I do for you before I'm taken into heaven? He said, oh, that I might have a double portion of your spirit. Give us a taste and a desire for things that will actually give us what we've always wanted. A sense of fullness, a sense of contentment, a sense of satisfaction that the idols that we often pursue can never provide. May we learn a lesson from Elisha. Your calling as he was called. Enable us, Lord. Enable us as he was enabled. May we long to be enabled <laughs> by your spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um,